Hey, welcome to the podcast of The Kelly Cutrera Show for Wednesday, November the 11th. It's Remembrance Day, so this is going to be a Remembrance Day-themed podcast coming up. We will be talking with Ryan Mullins. He lives in Calgary. He's got this amazing app in the works. It's called Faces of Valor. It will allow you to stand in a graveyard in front of a veteran's headstone and learn about their story. You'll be able to access their story virtually, photographs, stories through your phone. So we'll get more details on that coming up. But first, I think we need to talk about Remembrance Day and how many people are or aren't wearing poppies. There was an interesting poll done by the folks at Historica Canada that suggests that many of us may not know so much about Canadian military history and our uh, passion for the poppy may be waning. Here to talk about it, Anthony Wilson-Smith, President and CEO of Historica Canada. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Great to have you on. Thanks, Kelly. So, Anthony, uh, can you just uh, maybe give us some background on who Historica Canada are and what their goal is? Yeah, we're a not-for-profit. Uh, I guess in general, overall terms, we're the biggest provider of, of you know, uh, programs about history in the country. I think what people know us most for is uh, we make the Heritage Minutes and um, we do the, uh, the Canadian Encyclopedia. And also, relevant to this, we do something called the Memory Project, where we usually put arranged live visits by veterans uh, into schools and other public institutions. And this year, we've got about 950 that we're doing by Zoom instead. Okay. And uh, it's good to see that you, you've pivoted because of the pandemic, because that is so important. Can you talk about the importance of getting those veterans into the schools? Yeah, there's nothing, Kelly, that replaces the impact of, you know, of a person who's been there, who's done that, who can talk about it. Who can answer all those questions that that you know you can never find out really in a you know in a movie or otherwise? What's it like when the bullets are flying all around you? How is it to lose your childhood friend several inches from you on a D-Day invasion or a beach or a battlefield somewhere else? You know how scared are you? What's it like to live six years in wartime and be scared just all the time, or you know serving in the trenches or never knowing where the next battle is going to come from? Only someone who's been there can answer that, and you know those are those are you know those matter more than dates or geographic places really. Let's get into some of the highlights of your recent poll. Is this a yearly poll that you conduct? And what's your goal of the Historica Canada uh, poll? What do you hope to gain from it? Well, we've been, we've been doing it for about uh, at least 10 years, Kelly. And we, you know, we, we compare the data every year to see our Canadians remaining as engaged, becoming more so, less so. And in recent years, we've seen a slow but a, a very marked increase in people, perhaps because the number of World War II vets is, of course, we're losing them at quite a great rate now, and it's a chance to show appreciation. This year, not surprisingly, we see a decline, of course. I mean, with COVID, that's inevitable. But there's some, as you referred, there's some dismaying signals in the middle of that, you know, lack of knowledge about World War II, uh, you know, so many services, including one we're doing shortly ourselves online, but people aren't really seeking them out to the same extent. So your poll found uh, that people aren't as willing to uh, wear the poppy this year. Can you give us some uh, ins and outs of the numbers there? Yeah. The um, so, for example, the number of Canadians who would who plan to attend an event, and that includes online, has fallen by fourteen percent. It was very high at eighty five percent last year, and about the same the year before, and now it's fallen right away. Uh, we have a thirteen percent thirteen percent hit in. Um, you know, the fewer people who are wearing the poppy. Now, that's probably because it's very hard to find them this year. The Legion is great at getting people out. Um, normally, you see one on every street corner. Of course, that's not possible. They've arranged for, you know, ATMs to be accepted to buy poppies, but people still just aren't finding them. And that's, that's tough financially for them, and it's an unfortunate, you know, symbolism as well. 
I, I had uh, talked about this. 71% of respondents are uh, going to be wearing a poppy this year. That's down from 85% last year. And last year, uh, that was the year that Don Cherry brought out the you people. I don't want to get into the controversy there, but I wondered if that led a lot of people to go out and buy those poppies uh, last year. Was last year similar to the year before? Where were we, were we with poppy wearing um, three years ago? We've been on a we've been on a slow, as I said, but steady increase. You know, it's been moving up about two or three percent a year, and that's a similar number to the number of people who've said yes, I will attend. You know, an actual live ceremony. So this is just the fall off right now. And the obvious question is, you know, presuming we at some point get back to the life that we had, is that going to be a new trend or not? And I think, you know, what's dismaying, of course, is that our World War II veterans who remain are about 95, 96 years old now. We don't know how much longer we have them. And, this, you know, these years are our chances to really say thank you in person. I understand that uh, your poll also found four in ten Canadians feel they know more about a mili- uh, American military history than Canada's military history and uh, 16% of Canadians never learned about Canada's key conflicts in schools, including the First World War, the Second World War, the Korean War, the October crisis. How much does this poll inform what is the vetting process for Heritage Minutes? Well, we look at this, there's no question, Kelly. And we, we know that we see from our own numbers that Canadians are passionately interested when they know where to find the material. A couple of examples. D-Day last year, we did a Heritage Minute, uh, which is still online, anyway, we can find, related to one particular soldier who landed, a Canadian soldier on D-Day, who didn't make it. And uh, that was seen more than four and a half million times. We did another one last in May with the pandemic in full flight this year on the Canadian role in the liberation of the Netherlands in World War II, and that's now been seen more than four and a half million times online. So the appetite is there to see this stuff, but, you know, you've got to fight for space in the middle of so much other stuff, including, of course, American content. So where do you think the ball is being dropped? Is it in in schools? Uh, is it at home? If we don't know about our own history, uh, that is alarming. Well, I think one issue, one problem, because I don't want to go all constitutional here, but it's the provinces who decide how education will be taught. Some provinces don't teach Canadian history at all in high school. Others teach it in different forms. And a lot of the ones that teach it tend to focus more on the, you know, on the province itself. So, you know, what happened there? So you just don't get that national narrative, you know, and it's a hole that we try to fill with our minutes, telling stories that will interest all Canadians. But without a coordinated approach, you know, you're always going to suffer a bit. You're not, you know, you're just not going to have that kind of national narrative the Americans have. And maybe it's not a bad thing in a lot of people having a different perspective. But, geez, you know, when it comes to the sacrifice made by veterans in this, that's where you feel the loss. What are you going to be doing on uh, for Remembrance Day? I know we've got a moment of silence coming up, but how, how do you, I mean, the president of Historica Canada, mark Remembrance Day? Well, every year, every year normally, Kelly, at a ceremony, of course, usually at Toronto City Hall. Uh, I have family who are active in uh, past now, of course, who are active in both world wars. We have service medals from them, uh, others within, you know, so a, a moment, you know, we'll observe the moment of silence. We have our own Historica ceremony, and it's online at... Uh, People can find, by the way, at livecast.ca backslash historica, and we have uh, veterans taking part in that. There'll be a there's a bugler at his in his back garden in Wasaga Beach who's playing taps. A couple of uh, musicians from the uh, uh, cathedral in Kingston, Ontario, who will be playing other appropriate music, and some other veterans taking part. So you know, so that's kind of our contribution. 
You mentioned the veteran uh, that didn't make an ND day. Uh, how important is it to veterans when they hear their stories being told as part of the Heritage Minutes? It's enormous. So, you know, we've heard from family. You know, we always we, we research these things tremendously and we always seek out family members. And, and a lot of them say that, well, of course, in this case, it was someone who didn't come back, who, you know, but his daughter mm-hmm. is still alive, who's in her 80s in Montreal. And she talked about how important it was and the memory she had even as a little girl of her dad and how it brought that back and how it gave her, you know, an understanding of feel that a life spent without her father was a terrible cost, of course, but it was still, you know, it was one that she understood. But, but the, you know, the main thing is that here, 75 years later, there are families and communities that have never really been the same since, you know, since World War II and the losses and the people who were taken from them. I think that's the best place to, uh, as we head to our moment of silence here, Anthony, to leave it. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Kelly. I want to invite onto the show Ryan Mullins, who is a co-founder of a company called Memory Anchor. I'm not necessarily familiar with the company and what it does, but um, definitely my interest was piqued when I found out that Ryan and a partner are on the cusp of launching a smartphone app that is called Faces of Valor. And it'll allow uh, users to unearth long-buried histories of those who fought and died for us. And I thought it's a good idea to get Ryan on the phone right now. Ryan, welcome to the show. Good to have you on. Well, thank you for having me. Ryan, what is Memory Anchor? So Memory Anchor is our company. Uh, We're just a new startup uh, based in Calgary. And our, our first software and program that we're developing is called Faces of Valor. And so that's a specific application design so people can go into these grave sites. And when you go up to a headstone and hold up your phone, around the headstone will appear uh, the pictures of that soldier and, and the ability to look at their bio. And the idea is that we can create a deep empathetic connection with a person because there's so much to uh, who's buried there more than just a name. I love finding out the origin stories behind um, things like this, like your app, which is Faces of, of Valor. Where did you come up with the idea? Yeah, well, so I, I kind of come from a pretty steep military history in my family. So my grandfather's fought in the First World War, my grandfather's second. My parents met in the Army, and I served for nine years myself as a combat engineer in the reserves in Calgary. And uh, I have a reverence, of course, for remembrance and respect for, for it. And when... Uh, Vimy Ridge, the centennial came around, I had a project called the Vimy Flute, and it's where I took some wood that was directly tied to the Battle of uh, Vimy Ridge that happened 100 years ago, and I had a flute made out of it. And I took this flute to all the major battlefields throughout Europe, and I'd play Amazing Grace at these cemeteries. And it was in one cemetery in particular, I had a chance to stand by a World War II vet at his brother's grave and play Amazing Grace for him and his brother, and his name was uh, William McGregor, and his brother was John McGregor. And, you know, I realized in that moment, you know, once Willie passes, a lot of that memory passes with him. And then I stopped at another grave uh, of James Costner, and that was someone I wanted to visit, and I played Amazing Grace for him. And while I was playing for him, I thought of three of my colleagues that were killed in Afghanistan, and just the totality of that loss on the families, on all of us, and in that moment, I looked around, and there's 3,000 other graves, you know, and there were people just like us, you know, had family, friends, aspirations, and whole lives. And it hit me. I'm like, there's no way for me to be able to know who they are. And that's when the idea of using 
geospatial technology and cell phones and basically turning me in, or you, the user, into the search engine based off of where you're standing and looking. And that hopefully could create these deep empathetic connections uh, like that experience I had playing with Willie or playing the, uh, the song at Coster's Grave. What is that like? What, what happens? Do, do you, uh, can you describe what it's like to play that flute uh, beside uh, someone's headstone? Uh, you know, it, it's, it is definitely an ineffable experience, but I will try because there is a deep reverence. Like when you go into these sites, the Commonwealth War Graves Commission just maintains these sites beautifully. And there's so much reverence in these sites and it's so overwhelming. And I, I really call it scraping the surface. You know, I sit and I play this and I feel this, you know, this deep connection to that soldier in that moment. But there's this, this humbling realization that I'm only scraping the surface because there's an overwhelming number of headstones in there. And that's what we're really hoping to help people, enable people to experience as well as that. It's just this, the depth of sacrifice is beyond what we can ever really capture. I think stories are so important because uh, they help us form connection. Uh, and connection is what we're all about. It's, it's, it's what unifies humanity, right? So the Faces of Valor, this app that you're uh, putting together, I have a few questions about it. One is if people like Willie might not be around forever, time has to be of the essence. So, you know, how, how are you going about collecting these stories and, um, and how many responses do you have? Yeah. Well, so first, one of the best things that has happened to us is just our partnership and the willingness of our partners to come in. And it's a dream to have the Commonwealth War Graves Commission uh, Veteran Affairs Canada helping us, um, connections uh, to all sorts of private and public data sources. So the existing stuff is there. But if, if people go to our, our website, which is uh, memoryanchor.com, you can get to our community page where we're encouraging people to share some of their stories. Uh, like for myself, my grandfather's buried in, in Beechwood, which is one of our pilot sites. That's in Ontario. And Beechwood's just been an amazing partner as well. And I've been able to put his story in there in the pictures. And I'm looking forward to taking my son and my dad and have three generations of us stand over his grave and connect with that story and teach my son about his great grandfather. How deep in the stories will you, can you go? How, how, like, are you, you know, you mentioned their photographs, you know, how, how uh, voluminous are these stories? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so much depth. If you look at what veterans affairs has done in preserving our military records were some of the best in the world. You can get World War II war dead records right now. And the wealth of information in there is huge. One of the things that we like to really capture, though, is who was this person? Like, yeah. you know, in like, it, did they have a sense of humor? What were some of their quirks? Because, you know, I think of some of my friends that have lost their lives. Like, they, they were unique individuals. And, and that's, that's humanizing. So, I mean, with the software, the pictures are huge. The media is huge mm-hmm. to be able to see and connect with that. But then sharing some of that, that story. We have on our, our map, because I know, or on our website, you can get to a map and you can take a look at Beachwood at some of the graves that we've done already. Uh, you'll see some of the pictures. It's, done, it's just done as something we did because of COVID, just to help people who are at home that might want to explore uh, these, these sites and see a, a few graves that we have piloted. And you can take a look at the bios and some of the pictures in there. I don't want to 
to reduce this to a video game, but I'm just trying to make it relatable here. Is this similar to the technology that you would see with like a Pokemon Go or something where you hold up the phone if you're in a grave, uh, a graveyard and you'll be able to see with some sort of marker on the uh, Faces of Valor uh, app where your stories would be and, and you could just, you know, head towards that tombstone after you're done with this this story here and after you've learned all you can about this person who served the country, move on to the next. How's it going to work? Yeah, Kelly, that's actually a great way to put it. And, and I know the reluctancy to compare it to a video game, but that's the best analogy as far as what augmented reality is actually is. So we call it our live view. And so when you hold up uh, your phone over the headstones, what you'll see is a bunch of headstones that will have a little bubble above it with a picture. And those are ones that we're focusing on right now. Uh, because of the depth of the story that they have. And we hope to continue to keep expanding that as people contribute information and data to us. But yeah, you, you'll be able to uh, walk. We have the ability to uh, kind of do a tour. So you want to see World War One soldiers, or maybe um, you want to just see people uh, who are Canadians or maybe from New Zealand, or um, you'd be surprised at all these different nationalities that you'll find in some of these sites. So exactly, you'll be able to tour around and walk. Uh, with with your phone, uh, either through a map view or walk up to bubbles. Your tributes aren't limited to World War One uh, and World War Two vets. You're you're going with uh, veterans that have served uh, throughout Canadian history, correct? That's right. Yeah. So we have Nicola Goddard. Uh, we're doing a tribute to her. She was, of course, the the first female Canadian combat casualty, um, and uh, so we have Afghan vets. So we're really trying to capture anybody who would be in these sites. So it's not limited just to the world wars. My grandfather didn't die in the world in World War II. He went on to serve Canada for a long time in the Air Force. Uh, mm-hmm. So he he is a veteran, and and obviously any veteran is worthy of highlighting their service. And in your grandfather's story, are you included? Because it would be interesting, you know, to show the family tree, and we've got the access. I mean, who doesn't have like a million pictures of, of their their uh, themselves and their family members? I mean, this this potentially could be quite huge. Yeah, you know, I love that. And and as we pilot some data and get uh, testing, and we're really interested in getting feedback from people uh, when it becomes available in beta um, to test and get some of that feedback. Because I think there's a lot of opportunity to create connection and find relatives. And, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I think, I think that's an important thing too. So you need, I'm guessing people to uh, contribute uh, to this. And if they can contribute before your app goes live, that would be great. You're hoping for uh, this app to go live next remembrance day. Is that correct? Well, we hope to get it going and hopefully by the spring. Uh, we don't have okay. a date set out. There's a lot of really important anniversaries that are happening in that time. Uh, so, yeah, if people can get online, take a look at our website, get to the community page, contribute. We're really interested to see where, where some of the sites and, and grave sites people would like us to do. Uh, right now we have our, our pilot sites, which is Beachwood in Ontario, uh, here in Calgary at Burnsland Cemetery, and then in the United Kingdom, uh, Brookwood, and working with the Commonwealth War Graves out there. Uh, the the website to go to is Memory Anchor, is that correct? Yeah, memoryanchor.com. 
memoryanchor.com. Ryan, it's a great thing you're doing. I, 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 before I let you go, I would love for you to share a, a story about a vet. Here we are, Remembrance Day. You're putting together this app, Faces of Valor. It could be about your grandfather, or it could be a moving story that you heard about another veteran as you put together this, this app that I think is just, it's so fantastic. Um, could you leave us with a story about someone that served? Yeah, um, I'm going to leave you with a story. This was when I was researching the Juno Beach gravesite, which is Bernay Samer, and I went through each of the 2,000-plus soldiers in there to see what kind of photos I could find, and I came across a soldier, and this tears me up as a father, and I'll probably tear up a bit telling it, but his name was Walter Charter, and I, you see all the pictures um, there, but one of them was a telegraph he sent to his son, and it, and it hits me because it sounded like a message I would send to my son, you know, via text if I was away. And it basically said, Dear Tommy, Uncle Eric says you're getting really big. Don't worry, Daddy's fine. He only wishes he could be home to have a picnic with you. Love you always, Wally. And he never made it home to his son. And that son never grew up with a dad. And I think of that as a father myself, and I can't think of any greater sacrifice. And that one is the one that I use all the time to just inspire me to keep going because as a startup, and if anybody's done a startup, it's, it's never easy, um, and it has to run off of passion. So today I'm choosing to remember uh, uh, Walter. Well, with the, on the heels of that story, where it feels like it's 18 degrees, it's relatively sunny today, um, maybe celebrating this and commemorating this Remembrance Day, thinking about Walter taking out your kids if you have an opportunity, maybe have a little picnic lunch in the sun and think about that uh, soldier that that did not come home and and because of his service, how you are able to sit and have a picnic would be appropriate. It's beautiful. I want to thank you for your time. I'm all choked up. It's a beautiful story you told, and I think it's a beautiful thing you're doing on Remembrance Day, uh, sharing this story about this app. I will uh, keep people posted. If you keep us posted on the uh, on how the progress is going with the faces of valor, I want to thank you for your time, Ryan. Thank you so much, and we'll keep you apprised. All right, we're going to wrap it up because I'm quite frankly not able to speak anymore. It's it's just the simplicity of what we are able to do because of the brave men and women that have served this country, and that's what I think I'll leave you with uh, on this Remembrance Day.